I was debt free, money in the bank, 401k. I had some investments in my early 20s. I trusted someone that moved into our town who said, hey, look, if you pay me up front, I can go build your dream home for you for this price. And he walked off in the middle of it. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss that keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'll be your worst podcast host today. And I'm here with featured guest, Darren Kidd. Darren, are you ready to rock? I am ready, Andrew. I'm excited. Let's do this. All right, let me tell the audience a bit about you. You know, uh, I stumbled upon you on the internet and have been impressed by what I've seen. So I want to share a little bit with the audience. First thing is Darren Kidd is an entrepreneur who has achieved success in various arenas. He was a top leader and multiple seven-figure earner in the network marketing profession, building massive teams all over the world. He has owned profitable franchises and has built his online digital brand, which is now consumed by hundreds of thousands of social media followers. He has been featured in various magazines and books and was on an advisory council with the infamous John Maxwell. And he has been interviewed by Grant Cardone on Grant Cardone TV, which personally, I would have been terrified during that time. Currently, he's a talented speaker, trainer, and mentor to others. However, he was not always a successful businessman. Over 20 years ago, he was bankrupt and felt like a failure. And that is what this podcast is all about. But he managed to emerge from that experience with a unique perspective and an I will until attitude on life. And Darren, I love that one. I was just repeating that myself this morning. It's a great attitude. He genuinely wants to help people be more, do more and have more in life. Darren, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. All right, Andrew, I appreciate that. I always like working with like-minded people, and I know you've had a lot of success in your world, and so I really appreciate the opportunity. So I hope everyone is having an awesome day so far. So if you're just listening to this and you're not watching the video, just trust me when I say I look just like The Rock, but different. <laughs> Better. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not as big as the rock. We have the same haircut. That's about it. So I guess you can call me the pebble, right? But yeah. My wife and I, we have five kids. We live in a small town of Virginia, which may explain why I have no hair, but my, my kids are, you know, from 27 down to 12, very blessed to have three girls and two boys. And, you know, my wife and I met in high school and, you know, broke up for about a year and a half. We both went to college and, you know, then got back together. So I've got an awesome family, very blessed. And I'm excited. I love helping people. You know, I'm going to share a little bit about my story, you know, when we get into it. But mm. I believe that a lot of you that are, are listening to this can get some things that can absolutely change your life. And especially, you heard all the great things, right, that I've been able to accomplish. But it's not those things that are going to make the biggest impact. It's what I share with you that led up to that. So, Andrew, thanks again. I'm excited to get started. Yeah. And, you know, I have two questions for you before we get into it. The first question is, how do you manage your time with five kids? I mean, I, I am single and I live with my 82-year-old mom. Hi, mom. She's my biggest fan. And <laughs> basically, I'm already overwhelmed with all the stuff that I do. How the heck do you manage it with a wife and five kids? And that's awesome that you're living with your mom. I'm a mama's boy too, so we have a lot in common. So I yep. guess we could say great minds think alike and then there's us. 
Amen. <laughs> well, I mean, it's awesome because it's, I don't really work, have to go out to work my business. I just work my business while I'm out and I believe faith, family, then finance. So I just put my priorities in order and I've had some really good coaches and mentors that have taught me, you know, how to make the most out of my time. And it's constantly a battle for me, just to be honest with you. I'm a big mm. picture thinker. I'm a, I'm a go-getter, but sometimes you have to slow down to go fast and prioritize and make sure that you're not just active, but you're productive. There's a difference in being activity and productivity. So, you know, and I'm, I'm learning and growing every day. So it's about progress, not perfection. And I have to keep reminding myself of that, you know, and, and when you really have that attitude, hey, look, you know, it's about progress, not perfection. If I can get a little bit better every single day, and if you remind me, I'll tell you how that philosophy completely changed my world here in just a second. It is about progress, not perfections. We're not saints. So one other question. Recently, I understand that you've pivoted your career path. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life there and what you're learning. Absolutely. Yeah. So for years, you know, when I was looking to go out and, and have a better life for my family, I was very frustrated. I didn't make it through college and, you know, I'll share the rest of the story here in just a second. And I was, you know, I got into the network marketing profession because it was a minimum investment and then I could, you know, learn a lot of skills where I was looking at franchises at that time. And I was like, you have to be rich to have a franchise. And later on I had some franchises, but you know, I, I was in network marketing as a distributor for 28 years. You know, I owned multiple franchises, did extremely well, you know, with those. And, you know, I've also built an online digital brand, as you mentioned, and I was very blessed. I knew I wanted to go do it, didn't know how to do it, but I had the right mentors that I went and seeked out that taught me what to do that helped me have success in those things. You know, success leaves clues. And so, you know, with all of that, I always had a goal to be able to, you know, go out and train, coach, consult, because I remember how I felt when I felt like I had no hope and I was depressed. And I'm like, man, you know, what do I do? And then I had the right people that came into my life that changed everything. And so I've always had a passion wanting to do that myself. And so being able to, you know, just here a few months back, I went full time. I stepped out of the network marketing profession as a distributor. All my franchises have been sold and I am full time training, speaking, coaching, you know, mentoring people. And it has been a huge blessing, even with the things that are going on right now with COVID and quarantine. You know, if you ask yourself the right questions, you can have, you know, good answers. And I've been able to do that. And so I'm excited, you know, new career path, but it's going extremely well. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Okay. Yeah. So I uh, made it through a year and a half of college. <laughs> That's all I could go. Right. And here I was at 2021 because I knew I wanted a better life for my family, but I really didn't know what to do. And so I ended up failing from 18 to 25 to the point when my 21 year old was born, we were on government assistance. You know, we had our car repossessed. We were on Medicaid. We were applying for food stamps. I went to the doctor for depression, you know, on antidepressants and really didn't have a lot of hope. And what led me to that was I hired someone, I was debt free, money in the bank, 401k, I had some investments in my early 20s. I trusted someone that moved into our town who said, hey, look, if you pay me up front, I can go build your dream home for you for this price. And he walked off in the middle of it. And everything he had done to the house they had to take 20 ton jacks and level the floors. The foundation was off. The footers were off. 
he had underpriced the house. And so I went from debt-free, perfect credit, money in the bank, 401k, new cars, to bankrupt, repossessed car, couldn't feed my kids, couldn't support my wife, you know, depressed, vert, I mean, in a pretty quick, in pretty quick fashion, you know, almost overnight. And so that's how I ended up, you know, <laughs> making the worst investment at that point. However, looking back, and I have a feeling I know what you're going to ask me next, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. So let me ask you, I, I'm always interested about, you know, specific days. Like, what are the days that you remember over that period of time? Either the day that you said, this is right, I'm going to do this, and you sign, or the day that you realize this is, it's all falling apart, and I've now got to do something I never thought I would have to do. Any days that stand out to you? Oh, yeah. And it's funny because you said, I will until. Let me tell you how that came about. So what happened was, you know, growing up, my parents, my dad used to always go, someday we'll go do this. And someday we'll go do that. Well, my dad passed away 10 years ago saying someday and someday never came. And so I've learned that some people's some days are other people's every days. And someday leads to a town called nowhere. And so here I was, that same pattern with my family wanting a better life. And so we had this big Coca-Cola plastic piggy bank. We just got rid of it a few years ago. We had it for decades. And we were putting change in it. And we told my daughter, someday we'll go to Disney World. Because growing up, we didn't get vacations. Mm. We, were, we were broke, right? And so one day she walks in, and my wife and I are in our bedroom with that change. We had dumped out the piggy bank, and we were going through the change to try to get enough to get something to eat. She runs in, runs in the room, seeing Dad take her money for Disney World, runs out crying. And I remember being on my hands and knees going, you know, God, how could I get this low to where I'm stealing money from my kid's piggy bank? And I remember going, you know what? That's it. I've had it. And sometimes it doesn't hurt bad enough. You know, it has to hurt bad. And we have to draw a line in the sand. You know, it's like the farmer that was on the porch in his rocking chair and a neighbor's walking by and goes, hey, mister, your dog is laying on a nail. And he goes, don't worry about it. When it hurts bad enough, he'll get up and move. Well, sometimes it doesn't hurt bad enough. You know, breakthroughs happen when they have to happen. And so that was the day I drew a line in the sand. And I remember going, I've had it. I will until. I went out and put that on my wall. I put it everywhere. And then a mentor of mine said, Darren, you know, success is buried right underneath frustration. And I remember going, well, I have to be close because I can't get any more frustrated. And that was the day that everything started to turn around. You know, I stopped having a pity party for myself and I stopped going, you know what, poor pitiful me, you know, I'm a victim. Because looking back, I learned that it's not the easy times that make us grow. You know, we don't grow in easy times. So if you have the decision to make do I let this make me bitter or better? Do I use it as a stumbling block or a building block? Am I just going to go through it or am I going to grow through it? So if you would have told me when I was going through those challenging times, hey, look, man, this is one of the best things that ever happened to you. It's awesome. They took your car. It's awesome. You can't feed your kids and support your wife. It is awesome that you feel like a total failure in life and that you're on, you know, you, know, you, know, you couldn't make it through college, couldn't keep a job. You know, man, this is some great stuff. I wouldn't have taken it too well <laughs> at that time. But looking back, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it forced me out of my comfort zone. And so now if I saw the guy that walked off building my house, and by the way, also I learned you can't be a victim. You know, if I'm blaming somebody else, I have no control. Mm. It was me that hired him, right? So yeah, he walked off the job, but it was my decision to hire him. So it wasn't just his fault. It was my fault. So when I started taking responsibility for my own actions and going, you know what? I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I will look back. This will be the best thing that ever happened to me. 
I've had it, I will until. That was the day when you say, was there a day that you remember? That is the day. So every time I felt like quitting, which was a hundred times a day, right? A hundred times a day, I would rewind that through my mind and go, you know what? Other people can quit on their family. I refuse to quit on mine. I will until. Amen. I want to speak to the listeners out there just for a moment because there's a lot of inspiration to be drawn from that. I know that now is a very difficult time for everybody. Everybody is facing different challenges, and these are life-changing challenges for most of us. We're having to deal with losses of jobs, of incomes, families, you know, health issues, all of these things that are coming at us. And I think that this discussion with Darren can give us all inspiration that it is our worst moment that is truly the moment that can bring us the best things in life. And that is hard to see when you're in the middle of the worst moment. And I was once interviewed about one of my businesses, Coffee Works, which I have with my best friend, Dale, here in Bangkok. And for that business, which we have about 100 employees in that business and great you know, long-term employees, I said in the interview, our business and our thought process on managing was forged in the fire of failure. So... We are in the fires of failure. Now it is time to come out and look back and say, what lessons did you learn from this situation? Well, a few things. I mean, like I said, I learned that it's not the easy times that make us grow, that obstacles lead to elevation. There's really no elevation without obstacles. And so if you ask yourself the right questions, you know, if you ask good questions, you get good answers. So instead of going, you know, why do bad things always happen to me? You know, we think 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day. The majority of them are the same thoughts that we thought yesterday. And the majority of them are our subconscious makes more decisions than our conscious mind. And your brain wants to be right. So when you go, hey, I can't afford it, then it goes from your subconscious mind, throws into your conscious mind all the reasons that you can't afford it. So I learned not to say I can't afford it, to, to go, how can I afford it? So when I'm going through those challenges, I learned to ask good questions. You know, what can I learn from this? How can this make me better? How can I grow through this? How can I make a bigger impact? How can I use this to make a difference in other people's lives? And with that, your mind goes to work. And it's amazing the difference when you start to ask the right questions. Another thing that really changed my life. So some of you may be listening to this podcast. And by the way, if you think any of this can make an impact in your life, share this podcast. You know, I mean, Andrew will tell you, I'm not getting paid to do this right? He's not getting paid to do this. We're doing this because we love helping people. So you never know when that person that you love and you care about, if you send this to them and they hear one thing, it could be exactly what they've been praying for. Go, man, thank goodness you sent that to me. That completely changed my world. And that drives me, right? Getting the messages from all over the world, you know, saying, man, your, your content made a difference in my life. And so this may make a difference in your life because it made a difference in mine. So you can imagine, I went to an event and I remember going, Man, these people I'll sit on the back row. I was hiding my car because it was right before they repossessed it. And I had a pity party. I'm like, they must come from big cities. I live in a small town. I mean, even 20 some years later, right? Our town now has five traffic lights. It's a little small town. So I go, they must come from big cities. I live in a small town. They must have a college education. I have a lack of education. They must be great public speakers. I'll pass out in front of five people. Like if you had told me at that time, I've spoken now in front of, you know, arenas where there's 25 to 40,000 people. I would have said, you have lost your mind. But when I heard this 
very successful entrepreneur, he started talking about, look, can you get a little bit better today than you were yesterday? And I'm like, well, I guess I can do that. And can you read 10 pages out of a good book a day? Well, <laughs> Andrew, let me tell you, yep. I have ADD, ADHD, ADT, I got everything, right? So I can read 10 pages and I don't remember what I read on nine because I'm thinking about something else. True story. I know it's a sad, but <laughs> this will, you'll go up. You can do it. I can do it. I bought a speed reading book years ago. I still have not finished it. <laughs> but that's a, that's a true I'm officially story. the slowest speed reader. <laughs> I'm like, can I get how to speed read on audio? Cause I can't get through the book, but I'm like, you know what? Even if I have to read it a couple times, I can read 10 pages a day. Well, if you do that, that's about a book a month. Most people don't read a book a year. So in 10 years, you've read a hundred. Most people hadn't read 10 that compound effect. It's doing the simple things. What do you listen to on a daily basis? Can you listen to 15 minutes of a podcast or 20 minutes of a podcast a day? Compound that over the next several years, you're not the same person. So when I tell people, hey, look, I don't have a college education, but it does not mean I'm not educated. I consume hours of content every single day. I rep my mind like I rep my muscles in the gym, even though I may not look like I rep my muscles in the gym, right? So when I learned the compound effect, you're doing, and here's the key, here's the key. You're doing simple things on a daily basis that seem to make no difference at all in the act of doing them. You listen to this podcast, you jump off, you're not going to see a drastic difference in your life tonight or today, but you listen to something good and fill your mind with positive stuff every single day. You block the negative, you fuel the positive, compound it over a period of time, there's a massive difference. So I used to get frustrated go, man, why am I doing all these things? All my friends, they're not doing these things. They're partying and they're not doing personal development. But if you look at my life and their life, it doesn't, sometimes it looks like I'm doing worse than they were. And it, for mm -hmm. a period of time I was, but compounded over a period of time. And for those that can see this video, all of a sudden my life did this, went straight yeah. up. Theirs went down because it's the simple things you do good or bad that duplicate. If I walk in and eat a Big Mac French fries and a milkshake, I shouldn't die of a heart attack today, but compounded over a period of time, if I eat that every day, I'm digging a grave with my teeth slowly, right? So when you're, you're doing the things that seem to make no difference at all in the act of doing them, but you continue to do those and they end up compounding and then you'll have people say something like this, oh my gosh, you must have gotten lucky. And then you're going, you're thinking in your mind, no, luck had nothing to do with it. Sit down, son. People do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. And that's another motto of mine. I will do today what others want to have tomorrow what others don't. Beautiful. All right. Let me summarize some of the things that I take away. But you made me think of something, you know, being a finance guy all my life, I'm thinking charts and graphs. And you were talking about a chart that was about the compound effect. And that is... You know, if you put money in a bank, if you put it in the stock market and you earn a certain amount of income, let's say dividend or interest income, and you invest that, reinvest that into it, then that will eventually grow in an exponential way. But many years later, it won't be exponential in the next couple of years. But there's something very important that is very, most of the time left out of that chart. And that is critical. And it is that you must not take out any of the income that you've earned in that bank account or in that stock market account. If you earn a dividend of $100 for a year or for a month, and you say, hey, I'm going to take my wife out for dinner with that $100, then you are not going to get the compound effect. You are going to get a linear increase in your investment. Mm -hmm. 
And that is the same thing. I was thinking about reading books and how we think about the compound effect. If you only read the books, you will improve, but you must put into action what you read to get the compound effect. And it's the putting into action that is like the reinvesting of the dividend. If you don't do it, you won't get it. So today we get some real inspiration. And that's one of the first things that I took away. I've never really, I see that chart all the time. I hear about it. I've read the compound effect, the slight edge, all of those things. And this, you know, helps me, you know, understand it. The other thing I would, I learned from it, it reminded me also of, you know, when I came to Thailand and I took a job as an analyst in 1993, I told my boss, John, who's still a very good friend of mine. I said, I want to be the number one analyst in Thailand. Yeah, I was just a kid. I mean, I didn't know anything, but I said that to him. And he said, yeah, you probably could, you know, if you put your mind to it. Well, you know, I lost focus at times and, you know, I was pretty good at times. I got great jobs. I changed jobs and all that. It wasn't until 14 years later when I was voted number one analyst in Thailand. Mm. Now, for the listeners out there, would you give up at year 10, at year 12? at year 13, I almost did, but eventually it became the highest priority. I figured out how to do it and I got there. So I oftentimes say that I'm a 14 year loser, but man, did it feel great when I won. Now, the other thing that is interesting about your, your story, that's a little bit different. Now, I, you also made me think about the different types of stories that we hear. But your story is what I would call a transformational story of loss, a worst investment ever that caused a transformational moment. That's not the case in many of the worst investment ever stories. Like, you know, they lost money from doing something and they learned some lessons, but yours was a transformational one. And that, that's something that kind of really comes across. And I think for the listener out there, if you are in a difficult situation and you need a transformation, it is ultimately pain that drives you to the transformation, which is what we've just learned from Darren. Now, the other thing that I wanted to highlight is something that made sense to me many, many years ago. A mentor of mine said it to me, and I thought about you sitting on that bench at that event with your beat up car about to be repossessed and looking at each person and going, he's got this, she's got that, how, how you know? And I, I always say that, you know, you never really realize how bad people truly feel. I mean, look at Robin Williams as an example. To actually take his own life, despite the fact that anybody in the world would say this is one of the you know, greatest comedians and all of that, always remember that people are suffering inside. Even the people up on those stages, even the people talking, they are in pain on whatever issues are going on with them. And of course, we see our own pain more clearly than anybody else except maybe, okay, our mothers, but even our mothers, they don't see it all. But the point is, is that we very clearly see our failings, our mistakes, our weaknesses. So we see them with clarity, but we don't see other people's because we see their outsides. So someone said this to me many years ago, Mike Matoni, one of my prior guests also, he said to me, never compare your insides to other people's outsides. Mm. And that has stood the test of time for me. And you remind me of that. So based upon what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Well, I think that 
this is definitely appropriate. I was just thinking about this while you were talking. And by the way, congratulations. That's amazing to be, you know, the number one analyst in all of Thailand. That is a huge accomplishment and says a lot about you and your determination. So that's proud of you. Thank you. The, you know, I learned that we don't make what we want. We make what we are. And if we want to make more, we have to become more. You know, I met a guy that won the lottery years ago and I remember him telling me that they made him watch this video before they allowed him to get his money. And he was sharing with me that this video was like a horror movie because it was one story after another people going, the lottery is the worst thing that ever happened to me. I wish I'd have never won the lottery. I wish I'd have never played the lottery. Like people, they had stories of people committing suicide and most of them didn't come back to where they were before they won the lottery. They lost it and went to a place that was worse. And why is that? Because they didn't become a multimillionaire. They were given millions of dollars and our income always comes back to where we are. So we want to make more, we have to become more. So what's the best investment, in my opinion, that you could ever make? And I'm, not, I'm a college dropout. It's the investment in you. It's the investment in you. So my advice is don't try to figure it out yourself. Find a mentor, find a coach. Why would I spend my entire life trying to figure out what to do right? When I can read a book, someone spent their life trying to figure out what to do right. They put it in a book, I read it, and shave years off my learning curve. Back when I was spending crazy amounts of money hiring mentors and coaches you know more I would pay them for six hours what I used to make in a year and people are like that's crazy I'm like no what's crazy is me spending years trying to figure out what to do right to finally figure it out when I can shave years off my learning curve I can compress time frames I can get to where I want to be a lot sooner than later and then what I did was I would make that in one day what they thought was crazy based off of the information that I learned so my advice is personal development what you read, what you listen to, your associations. You know, what you read, what you listen to, the people that you hang around, be very intentional about who you associate with because you show me your closest friends, I will show you your future. Like you become who you hang, your associations are like an elevator. They lift you up or they bring you down. So I had to ask myself, what are my associations doing to me or what are they doing for me? And so when you, my advice, find a mentor, find a coach. Whatever it is, if I want to be the best analyst I possibly can, I don't care what, what you're going to charge me, Andrew. I'm going to be like, look, name your price. I will fly to Thailand if you'll just spend a day with me, you know, and you give me this enormous amount, of, I'd go get a loan for it, knowing what I know now, because I'll go, why would I want to spend 14 years trying to figure out what took, you know, you needed to do to get to being the number one analyst? Just give me the money, right? And it's a tax write-off, and it's an investment in me. And so you can take the, you take a multimillionaire, strip away their money and their assets, they'll go do it again because they become a multimillionaire. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Well, I've got a, a, a big goal, <laughs> right? You know, now you know, going into the consulting, coaching, training, mentoring, you know, developing courses and things like that, I want to impact over 1 million lives within the next 12 months. And that's, that's the minimum goal. And I know that if I do that, you know, Zig Ziglar said, if you help it, if other people get what they want, you're automatically going to get what you want. Mm. Well, that's exciting. I can't wait to talk again in 12 months Let's and follow the journey. Yes. That's exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we end, Darren, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. And I want to congratulate you for being one of the brave ones. And I say that because 
most people I reach out to say no. Andrew, I'd prefer to talk about my winners. But you have taken your worst investment ever and have turned it into your greatest, best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Absolutely. First of all, before I give you my last parting words, I would love to hear your feedback. If you got something that I shared with you and Andrew shared with you that made an impact in your life, because that is helping me kind of, you know, pave the way of what courses and what people, you know, I would love darrenkid.com is my site. Just go to contact me. You can fill it out, but I'd love to just hear your feedback, you know, good or bad. You know, I wanted you to be transparent. And last but not least, I would say, you know, be persistent, consistent, have a good attitude. And remember progress, not perfection. The best time to quit on your goals is never. <laughs> my attitude is I don't fail. I either win or I learn. And the more I study successful people, the more I realized like they just refused to quit. Like eventually they had to succeed because they ran out of things that wouldn't work. So if you're being persistent, you're being consistent. And by the way, you're not going to feel like it 99% of the time. Emerson said, do the thing, have the power. He didn't say wait for the power, then go do the thing. Motion creates emotion. So get out there today and do something today that your future self will thank you for. So Andrew, I appreciate the opportunity, you know, and I uh, can't wait to stay in touch with you and, if I can serve your community in any way whatsoever, I'm more than happy to do that. Well, if we say that you are the, the sum of the five people that you're around, I'm glad to have you in my group. Now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you can find Darren at darrenkid.com. That's kid with two Ds, K-I-D-D. You can also find him on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Pinterest, on Instagram. I have all of those in the show notes but just type it in any one of those of your preference and you will find him, Darren Kidd, Kidd with two Ds. All right. Well, that is a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host saying, I'll see you on the upside.